0: to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, making it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Brought to you by Subway, the official training restaurant of the Cleveland Indians. By the University of Akron. Visit areyououtthere.com. Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland where the Indians are taking on the Chicago White Sox with hopes of clinching the American League Central Division Championship for the first time since 2007. They can do it after play on Friday night. There is a possibility that the Indians could do it before heading out on the road for a game monday night in detroit the possibility exists for a clinch situation on sunday if things work out for the tribe winning and then also some help from kansas city over in detroit so the magic number after friday's action was down to three thanks to a very strong week of play by the tribe and we'll take a look at that week in review the week gone by coming up shortly we'll also hear from josh tomlin Indian starting pitcher who looks to be bouncing back nicely and finishing strong at a time when the Indians need him badly in that starting rotation. We'll also visit with Indian starting pitcher Cody Anderson. He'll make the start on Saturday night at Progressive Field. And relief pitcher Dan Otero, who has had quite a season for the Indians unexpectedly just because the Indians didn't know a whole lot about him before he made the ball club in spring training. We'll also hear from Dave Wallace, the manager for the Indians Double-A Ball Club, the Akron Rubber Ducks, who were champions of the Eastern League this season. They wrapped up that playoff series, the championship series, in the Eastern League last weekend. So a lot to get to this week on Tribe Talk. Stay with us. It comes your way next on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland where the Indians are taking on the Chicago White Sox in the final season, uh, regular season series here at Progressive Field this year. But uh, certainly some playoffs will be coming the Tribe's way here at Progressive Field next month. So some good things uh, on the horizon for the Indians in the early portion of October. But a lot up in the air in terms of opponents, opponents, home field advantage, all that kind of good stuff to be decided in the final week of the regular season. And first things first for the Indians, they are looking to clinch the Central Division crown for the first time since 2007. And they went a long way toward doing that with a four-game win streak this week that started Tuesday night. With the Kansas City Royals in town, the defending World Series champions, and what a game it was Tuesday night with Corey Kluber on the hill for the Indians. He was solid, and Carlos Santana provided the power early to give the Indians the lead in the third inning. Royals overshift to the first base side of the infield. Santana hits it high, hits it deep to right, and way out of here. one nothing Indians. Second time through the order is mighty good for Carlos Santana. His 33rd home run, 29 of them left-handed, and that was majestic. I believe I said Kluber was on the mound. It was Josh Tomlin on the mound for the Indians, looking for a second consecutive strong effort since rejoining the Indians' starting rotation. He had been taken out of the rotation, didn't start a game for about two and a half weeks, but in his second start since returning, he was sharp through six and left with the game tied at one. The 1-1 pitch, swung on a little pop-up, shallow right, coming in as Chisholm. he'll make the catch, and Josh Tomlin is pitching a beauty. Six in the books for Josh Tomlin. He's only made 73 pitches through six innings, and the Indians and Royals stay tied at one. In the top half of the ninth inning, Andrew Miller continued to show why he was a coveted piece to that Indians bullpen acquired at the trade deadline as he was fantastic in the ninth inning. The pitch, a swing and a miss. Got him with a slider. So Miller has retired all five that he has faced. Strikes out Salvador Perez to end the ninth. The Indians looking for a little walk-off magic. The Indians, Royals, tied at one, middle of the ninth. And in the bottom of the ninth, it was pinch hitter Brandon Geyer who came through. Geyer trying to deliver the Indians their 11th walk-off win. The pitch. Swung on, drill. Deep right. Orlando going back toward the corner. Slides. He didn't make the catch. It's a fair ball. It's a game-winner into the corner. will score. Geyer gets mobbed. Out by short. And the Indians have... Walk-off win number 11. And the magic numbers down to six. The Royals may challenge the call as to whether it was fair or foul. Ned Yost comes out of the dugout. Now he waves saying, nope, no need to. Brandon Geyer has delivered off the bench. Sliced one down into the right field corner. Orlando tried to make a sliding catch as he neared that sidewall and couldn't come up with it. And Brandon Geyer continues his impressive play. What a pickup he has been for the Indians. And the Indians win a thriller here tonight, beating the Kansas City Royals by a final score of 2-1. to one. So the Tribe had a walk-off 2-1 win over the Royals on Tuesday night. They were back at it on Wednesday night with Corey Kluber on the mound, and he was solid, got the offense going uh, in support of him with Lonnie Chisenhall in the second inning for the Tribe. Now the 2-1 pitch. Swung on, ripped to right base, hit Chisenhall, Ramirez will try to score. Burns is up, throwing to the plate. Throw is cut off by Hosmer at first. Indians take a one nothing lead. Lonnie Chisinau with an RBI single to right. Drives in his 56th run. And the Indians on top of the Royals, 1-0 here in inning number two. Then after Kansas City took the lead, a 2-1 lead into the fifth inning, it was Jason Kipnis who tied it up. The 0-2 swung on, and that's driven to right center, chasing it, and unable to get there is Dyson. It splits the gap, rolls to the fence, rounding third, heading for home is Santana. He scores, and this game is tied at two. It looked for a moment like Dyson might get there, but perhaps the angle he took took him out of the equation. And Jason Kipnis has an RBI double. His 36th double on the season, and he has now driven in 79. And later on in the fifth, Jose Ramirez did what Jose Ramirez has done seemingly all season long, coming through in the clutch. Here's the 1-1. Swung on, line drive, base hit, he's done it again. It's left center field cut off by Dyson. Scoring is Kipnis on his way to second, in with a hustle double is Jose Ramirez. It's almost automatic. Ramirez comes through, and the Indians are in front 3-2. to My goodness. What a year he's having. Meanwhile, Kluber was rolling into the sixth inning. The payoff pitch. Swing, and a miss. A curveball that almost hit the back foot of Gordon. Kluber strikes out the side. Corey Kluber has now struck out five consecutive Royals. Kluber has the Cleveland Indians' all-time record with seven consecutive strikeouts against a White Sox lineup two years ago. And in the eighth inning, Carlos Santana provided a huge insurance run. There's the set by McCarthy, the 2-2. Swung on line drive, base hit center field. Naquin will try to score. Dyson winds up the threat of the plate, way off mark. Scoring is Naquin. Now they've got Santana in a rundown between first and second. Perez is involved in it, and the catcher tags him out. Oh, my goodness, Santana comes through again. His fourth hit, it's a huge RBI single. And the Indians have a 4-2 to two lead here in the eighth. And Santana with a four-hit game and RBI number 79. It was a big run because in the ninth inning, Salvador Perez had a home run to start the ninth off of Tribe closer Cody Allen to make it a one-run ball game. And then the Royals had the tying run on base with one of the top pinch runners in the game today, Terrence Gore, into the ball game with one thing in mind, but Roberto Perez, the Tribe catcher, came up big. The pitch, runner takes off, pitches outside corner, strike, great throw in the tag, made by Lindor! Oh, what a throw by Roberto Perez! Maybe the best throw of his Major League career. Terrence Gore thrown out for the first time this season with the Royals. It took a perfect throw, and you can't make a better throw than Roberto Perez made. Would love to know, What his pop time was on that. My goodness. And that was the first time that Gore was caught stealing in his major league career. He had been 17 for 17. And Allen would settle down and record the save in a tight one-run Tribe win. Here it comes. Swinging, lining it to center, coming on, making the catches, Naquin. Ball game. And the Indians have hung on to beat the Kansas City Royals 4-3. to three. They reduced their magic number to 5. And Roberto Perez made arguably the biggest throw of his young career, gunning down Terrence Gore, who had never been thrown out in a Major League regular season game, and changed the entire complexion of this ninth inning. The Indians just keep on rolling. A winner again here tonight, 4-3. to Then on Thursday night, it was home run power once again for the Indians. Jason Kipnis getting it started early. Now the 0-2 pitch. Kipnis sends one high in the air, deep right field. Orlando's looking back, and it is way out of here. Jason Kipnis went down and got an off-speed pitch and hammered it to right. And that's home run number 23 for Jason Kipnis. And the Indians strike first and lead one to nothing. Boy, did that ball jump out of here. And Kipnis hit that home run off a left-hander. He's the only left-handed batter in the lineup tonight against this southpaw. Also in the first, Carlos Santana came up big. The pitch, swung on, hammered up the alley in right center. That's a gapper and a base hit. That'll easily score Lindor. And on his way to second, hobbling in with a double to Santana. Boy, what an at-bat by Carlos Santana. And the Indians have a 2-0 lead. And Santana has his 80th run batted in. It was a 9-pitch at-bat. And he smoked an opposite field RBI double to right center. And then after Kansas City had tied it, it was Santana doing damage again in the sixth inning. 2-2 tie in the sixth inning. Indians at first and second with nobody out for the second inning in a row. Now first and second, one out. Santana played as a pull hitter toward right, medium deep, the pitch. Swung it on, hit a ton. Deep right field. It is gone. And Carlos Santana, a one-man wrecking crew tonight. A three-run homer to right, and that's the big hit the Indians have been looking for. Five to two, Tribe. Four RBIs for Carlos Santana. And in the seventh inning, the Indians on the infield flashed a little leather. Now the one-two. Swung on a one hopper to short. Backhanded by Lindor. Falls down. Goes to second one. Kipnis relay. They got a double play out of that. Wow. What a job by Lindor and Kipnis. Lindor falling down. Started the double play to second. And a quick turn by Kipnis. And the inning ending double play means it's stretch time at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario. Cleveland. 5 Kansas City two. And once again, Cody Allen was on to close it out in the ninth. Indians up five to two. The wind and pitch. Swing and a fly ball to right near the line. Coming on Chisanal. Makes the running catch. Ball game. And the Indians have swept the Kansas City Royals. They win it tonight by a final score of five to two. The magic number reduced to four to win their first American League Central Division title in nine years. And the Indians, a season high, 26 games over 500 as they get win number 89. So the Indians completed a sweep of the Royals. On came the White Sox to start a three-game series on Friday night. And with the Indians trailing 2-0, Jose Ramirez would tie the game in the fourth inning. Here's the pitch to Ramirez. He swings, and there's a high-fly ball deep right. Will it cut through the wind? It's deep, and it's gone. Home run, Jose Ramirez. With one swing, this game is tied at two. Ramirez with number 11 on the season, and he continues to deliver for the drive. After the Sox had taken the lead once again, Mike Napoli would come through in the fifth to tie the game once again, this time at four. Here's the 0-1 to Napoli. Swung on, ground ball up the middle, base hits center field. That'll tie it up as here comes Kipnis. He scores, and Napoli's RBI single ties this game at four. Infield in, solid contact on a ground ball. Just to the shortstop side of second for Mike Napoli, who drives in his 99th run of the season. And then later on in the inning, Coco Crisp came through. Three and two the count. Here it comes. Swung on, line drive, right field, down the line. One hop off the wall. Extra bases for Crisp. This will clear him. Napoli scores. So does Ramirez. In the second with a two-run double. Coco Crisp, and the Tribe is in front, 6-4. Then the Indians would blow it open in the sixth inning. Mike Napoli doing damage again. The pitch, swung on a little looping fly ball, shallow center, drops, base hit. There's RBI number 100, scoring from second is Santana. Hustling to third is Lindor, and Mike Napoli. A career year continues. 34 homers, 100 RBIs. He makes it 7-4, Tribe, and the first Indian with 30 homers and 100 RBIs since Travis Hafner 10 years ago. And Jose Ramirez would keep it rolling in that sixth inning. The 1-0 delivery. Swung on, line shot, deep right field, Garcia going back, it's over his head! It'll go all the way to the wall! Lindor scores, here comes Napoli! Ramirez has done it again! In standing with a two-out, two-run double to right, and the Indians have blown it wide open with three runs after there were two men out, and the Indians now lead the White Sox 9-4, to four. And Jose Ramirez continues his incredible journey. Four more RBIs tonight. 75 on the year. And now second in the American League and doubles with 44. And it's almost like you're shocked when Jose Ramirez doesn't deliver with mid in scoring position. So too with Coco Crisp. Jennings sets, fires. Coco hits a ground ball back up the middle by Anderson. into left center, it's an RBI single. Ramirez scores, throw to third. Slide, tag, choosing all is safe. Coco Crisp advances to second on the throw to third. And Crisp has a three-hit night and three RBIs in his last two at-bats. It's a 10-4 Tribe lead. And they just keep piling up the runs with 2 out hitting. Meanwhile, Trevor Bauer was having one of his finest outings in quite a while as he saved the bullpen, pitching deep into the ballgame on Friday night. Now the 2-2. Strike three called. Fastball at the knees, still throwing, 95 here in the eighth. Strikeout number six for Bauer, and the big key tonight, one walk. And in the end, it was Zach McAllister to finish things up for the Indians. 10-4 to four Tribe. They had trailed 4-2 to two in the fifth. Trevor Bauer will win a career-best 12th game. And the Indians will win their 90th. The pitch. Swing and a missed ball game. McAllister buzzed him with a fastball up and in. And that will take care of Garcia and the White Sox. And the Indians' magic number is down to three. And the Indians have won their 90th game of the year as they pummel the Chicago White Sox tonight by a final score of 10-4. to So a four-game win streak for the Tribe. And again, they have been able to knock that magic number to clinch the division down to three. Heading into play on Saturday, any combination of Detroit Tiger defeats and Cleveland Indians' victories totaling three. And the Indians will have the division crowned for the first time since 2007. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll talk pitching with Josh Tomlin. That's after this timeout on the Indians' radio network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Indians taking on the White Sox this weekend, a Saturday night game at 7:10, Sunday afternoon at one the final regular season home game for the Indians. Well, they will be counting on starting pitcher Josh Tomlin down the stretch. And for Tomlin, it really has been a solid season save for a rough stretch in August. But Tomlin, after a victory earlier this week, Improved to 12-8 and on the season. And for Tomlin, that was two starts in a row where he has put together a solid effort. And when we had a chance to visit uh, visit with Josh Tomlin earlier this week, we asked him about why he feels like he, he did earlier this season when he was so tough and if there's been a noticeable difference from what was going on a month or so before.
1: Uh, yeah, the thing for me is just uh, understanding who I am as a pitcher. And um, I think feeling good in August was a plus, but I was getting swings on stuff that that was they're very comfortable swings. So for me, it was getting back to understanding who I am as a pitcher, understanding that I'm not an overpowering guy, not going to outstuff anybody, and, and pitching to the edges and not making as many mistakes as I was making in the month of August. Now, that's basically what it is. When you don't have overpowering stuff, if you don't execute pitches and pitch in, to be able to offset other stuff that you're going to go away to get weak contact, then guys can kind of sit over the plate and turn that outside pitch into a middle-middle
0: pitch, and then they can just kind of get comfortable in the box and take the swings they want to take. And you're able to make these adjustments during some downtime, and I'm sure that's the last thing you wanted was was time away. But in hindsight, a a good situation for you? I think
1: so. I think, um, yeah, I I don't think I've thrown this many innings since 2011 in the course of the season. So... um, I think, yeah, it, it was probably a beneficial thing. Uh, physically, I felt I felt better than I've ever felt in my career at this point in the year. So it was frustrating seeing the results that I was getting in the month of August. But I knew once I got back to understanding who I was as a pitcher and my stuff kind of got crispier uh, in the zone, I think that my stuff will play a little bit better going forward and having that break, not much as a physical break as a
0: mental break once you go through a month like I went through. Josh Tomlin joining us, pitching deep into the ball game last night and josh over the weekend carlos carrasco goes down with an injury and obviously that that was a big story injuries have been a story throughout this season but this team seems to be able to overcome them what makes this team different maybe from some teams you've been on in the past where injuries could really hurt i think the kind of the
1: leadership we have in that clubhouse right now um guys that have played together the past four or five years have kind of taken on that leadership role then you had a couple of guys couple of veteran guys that have been huge for us uh, throughout this year just the the the, the clubhouse to me is 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 a lot different it's a loose clubhouse it's a it's a clubhouse that cares for each other cares for this team cares for this city cares for what's going on on the field as well as off the field so um it's just a good group of guys that love hanging out with each other love giving each other a hard time but being able to take it all in the same sense so um you just have a good clubhouse that everybody enjoys each other and they root for each other and the main thing we have in that clubhouse that we want to, to instill in everybody is it doesn't matter how we win, we just want to win. And it just takes, it takes right now it takes 34 or however many guys we have here. It takes all of us to try to win a game as opposed to the 25 was here before September. It, it takes a full roster. And I think we said this in early in spring training, it's not just a 25-man roster that's going to help us win. We're built on it's going to take... The 40-man roster that we have, everybody come up and contribute and do what they got to do. Not trying to do more than what they can do, but doing what they're capable of doing, and that's good enough. And everybody's buying into that, and it makes us a special team. Now I said last night we're a good team, but I changed it to we're a great team, and I mean that in the sense of of a team atmosphere. Just the, the word team, that's that's what we have. Is everybody's room for each other? Everybody wants to have the same goal, and that's
0: trying to win ball games. And uh, being an in a pennant race few and far between in your career the, the chance to do that Are you enjoying the heck out of this I love it I mean it's 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 great I love
1: I love the buzz around the city I love the buzz in the clubhouse uh, um, you know every every game you're playing is meaningful and um it's a lot of fun I've never been in this kind of atmosphere I've never been in this kind of a situation so um it's getting us prepared for what we're what we're wanting to do and that's to try to go win a world series and and we feel like we're capable of doing that so we're trying to get that um, that feel of every game's important. Every game's a, a chance to, to gain that lead and try to get into the postseason where we want to be.
0: Nice going last night. Thanks for the time as always.
1: I appreciate it, Rose. Thanks for having me.
0: That's Josh Tomlin, Indian starting pitcher. He'll be a big key for the Tribe down the stretch and then on into postseason as well. Stay with us. We'll stay on the pitching theme. When we return, visit with Cody Anderson, who will get the start on Saturday, and reliever Dan Otero. That's coming your way shortly as we continue with Tribe Talk on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. We're at Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend. Great to have you with us as the Indians take on the White Sox on Saturday night and Sunday afternoon to close out the home schedule. Getting the start Saturday night will be Cody Anderson, who has been in the bullpen for a while, and it remains – a bullpen day as the Indians don't expect Anderson to pitch much more than two innings they want to keep him in that bullpen mode and uh, he has really been on a nice roll since being put in the bullpen and called back up from AAA Columbus and we asked him when we had a chance to visit with him earlier this week how he's taken to that bullpen role and gotten more accustomed to it as the opportunities have come his way
1: yeah absolutely you know just um you know take kind of taking the approach of whenever they give me the ball you know just keep throwing it and throw until they take it away and and I feel like when I go with that mindset you know it's more you know just just give the team the best chance you know and and try to keep you know eat as many innings as possible so the you know we can save the guys in the bullpen
0: and on Saturday it turns out to be a a complete bullpen day because of the injury to Carlos Carrasco Uh, any different feeling down there when you see that happen and know that you're probably going to be coming into the game at some point?
1: Um, you know, first off, it's, you know, it's devastating losing Cookie and, you know, he's worked so hard and, and you know, he's one of the best pitchers in the league. And, uh, you know, so it's really devastating to see that. And, you know, when we saw that happen, you know, our, my first reaction, you know, we got to pick him up and, and do the best
0: we can, you know, whenever whenever they, they give us the ball. I know you'll be a big part of it down the stretch here. And, uh, Cody, thanks for the time, as always. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. That's Indians reliever Cody Anderson, who will make a start in that fifth spot in the rotation on Saturday night. But it's going to be a bullpen night for the tribe, as Anderson's only expected to pitch an inning or two if things go well for him. Now, certainly a seasoned member of that bullpen this season and a key to the pen has been right-hander Dan Otero. He made the ball club out of spring training. He was acquired in a trade during the offseason, so he was on the roster and had a very good chance to make the club, but still had to show some good things in spring training. He did just that, and as the season has developed, he has become more and more of a key, a bridge from the starters to the back end of the pen for the Tribe all season long. His ERA most of the year has been under two. It still is, with just a week to go in the regular season. And he said it's kind of fun that the bullpen has been such a a key down the stretch for this ball club with some of that volatility in the starting rotation right now.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me on, Rosie. And any point of the season, you take any wins you can. (laughs) It doesn't matter if it's April or September. Obviously, it's magnified now. And obviously, we've taken some hits in the rotation with two of our, you know, big guns going down. But Tomlin stepped up two or three days ago, and Clef stepped up last night through five great innings. And we were able to... As a bullpen, you know, finish off the last four, but uh, Santana had a big hit for us, two in the six, and that helps.
0: At this point in the season, I think for any bullpen, especially one in contention that's been used a lot, the the subject of usage and how our guys feeling comes up. And, and what have you tried to do to, to make sure that you stay strong here down the stretch and are throwing your best at, and when the games mean so much? Yeah,
2: you just kind of keep the same routine you've had since spring training. Um, I know it's, it kind of sounds kind of bland and vanilla, but you try to just maintain that same routine, that you've come into spring training with. And our training staff here does an unbelievable job of keeping us prepared. Our strength and conditioning staff does an unbelievable job keeping us ready. So you just kind of maintain that. As long as you have a good set routine that you can do, you just kind of go with that. And it doesn't really change too much, whether it's September or May or June you know obviously it's the end of the season and uh you know our pitching coach Mickey and JB our bullpen coach always asks us how we're feeling and all that stuff to keep tabs on us so you try to be truthful
0: with them and if you need a day you take one if not you're out there ready to pitch and you had gone almost a week between appearances after a stretch where it seemed like you were used a lot and is that just the the plight of any reliever
2: yeah that's just the nature of the bullpen i mean you can go 6 days in a row where you're either in a game or warming up and then you can go a week long without throwing and that's just the way it goes as a reliever i remember a few years back my first Extended period in the big leagues, I think I went like 23 days one time without even warming up on the mound You know so you find a way to stay ready in between You know during BP and stuff you throw flat grounds to the catchers you get off the mound if you need to
0: So you, you, you learn along the way how to stay ready And Otero joining us Indians reliever last night offensively Carlos Santana with a big blow and he's having a, a solid year in the home run department, Jose Ramirez seemingly has come out of nowhere to have a big season. As someone new to the team, you get to know these guys in the spring, and uh, is it fun to watch them develop, especially players that maybe you didn't know a whole lot about coming in?
2: Yeah, 100%. You know, I knew of the, of the names on the team, you know, from playing against them in the last few years, but it's been awesome to watch Jose You know, place in spring training. He was lights out, I think, in spring training, also. So everybody kind of knew he could have had a breakout year. And it's fun watching guys step up, you know, or getting their first taste in the big leagues like Tyler Naquin, you know, being able to do what he did. He carried us, I think, for a three week stretch in the middle of the summer. And it seems like that's the way our offense has been. People are stepping up in different situations. You know, Knapp carried us. Then Kip's been there all year. Santana's obviously getting some big hits. I think probably half of his homers seem like go-ahead homers for us. So, you know, you want those guys up in big spots, not to mention probably our MVP, Lindor, it's short, does it with the glove and the bat. He made a nice play behind me last night again, so I can't thank him enough.
0: All right, we close with uh, your normal situation out there of seven or eight guys, pitchers, a couple of bullpen catchers crowded out there now. Where, where's everybody find a chair? Are, are there any problems issues, everyone getting comfortable?
2: Yeah, no big issues. I don't, I don't know if you've noticed a couple guys are sitting up top now though. There's a little crowded down there in our little cage beyond the fence, but uh, you know, you, you, you may go work. You may go work. The more the merrier? Sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> all
0: right, Dan, thank you.
2: Alright, no problem, Rosie.
0: That's Dan Otero who has been such a key for the Indians out of their bullpen all season long and remains so down the stretch. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll have our farm report as we close things out on Tribe Talk with Eastern League champion Akron manager Dave Wallace. He'll join us next after this time out on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, our final segment here at Progressive Field. Jim Rosenhouse joining you this weekend as always. And our farm report this week, we, well, we take a break for Carter Hawkins, the Indians director of player development, as we had a chance to visit with Dave Wallace, who's the manager of the Akron Rubber Ducks, the champions of the AA Eastern League, the Indians A team, the only minor league champion this year. Three teams did make the playoffs, and, and in general, the farm system with a very productive season in terms of development, moving players along, and getting players to the major leagues on, uh, in many cases. And on that Akron ball club, they had to endure a 12-game losing streak at one point after a very quick start, but they pulled it together, and in the end, they defeated the Yankees double-A club, the Trenton Thunder, for the Eastern League title. And when we had a a chance to visit with Dave Wallace earlier this week, he talked about the journey for his ball club this season.
3: It was quite a journey, and as uh, typical in a lot of minor league systems, there's, there's a lot of, or minor league seasons, there's a lot of player movement some ups and downs but uh, this year seemed to be uh, kind of some extreme ups and downs got off to a great start um, as should happen sent a couple guys uh, up to Columbus and then up here that ended up here in Cleveland uh, hit some lows had some couple injuries that hurt and uh, went through some tough times but you know towards the end uh, guys really came together and a lot of hard work started paying off and
0: we had a very strong finish. You mentioned some lows. You survived. Was it a 12-game losing streak?
3: Yeah, 12 games. So it was, uh, you know, a rough time. But you know, those are you don't see it in the moment, or maybe when you're in the midst of it. But looking back, I mean, probably one of the best things that we could have gone through. You know, not only as a team, but uh, certain individuals. Uh, it's where you learn learn the most, I believe, uh, about yourself as an individual and as a team. And we sure learned a lot, and uh, we responded.
0: Take us inside the clubhouse, the clinching game. It was on the road mm-hmm. in Trenton, New Jersey, against the Yankees' double-A team. And what is that like for a double-A for team that maybe isn't together all that often over the course of the season but is at the end?
3: Yeah, uh, very special. You know, and, and as, as we thought about celebrating, I look forward to celebrating, you know, trying not to get ahead of myself. You know, you look at, uh, you think about the champagne and just the celebration in the clubhouse, and it was much more than that. It was more about the, uh, you know, the reminiscing, the hugs, the handshakes, and just the smiles that we saw on our players' faces, on our staff's faces, of just, um, you know, just, just satisfaction, just, um, you know, pure joy, and, and a lot of hard work that paid off. And just the, just the, the excitement of, of competing and then coming out on top, and I was really proud of our guys.
0: Akron manager Dave Wallace joining us. And you had an opportunity to be a part of the major league club as the bullpen catcher uh, a couple of years back. How has that helped you now as you manage your career as a minor league manager so far?
3: Yeah, it's been a, uh, a tremendous uh, asset to have as, you know, my playing career uh, topped out of A and uh, got a chance in 09 and 10 when I finished playing to uh, spend two years in the bullpen and just watching uh, not only the games but just how uh, – the schedule, the daily um, tasks are done. How they're handled, how uh, the expectations of the players, you know, how to prepare as a staff member uh, for the day and going forward. So all that very, very valuable. And just to be able to watch and to see uh, what it takes to be successful um, in the big leagues, and not successful for a week or a month or you know whatever, but but over the course of the season. So. I was very fortunate to be around some really good players, some really good staff members, and uh, learn a lot from them. So uh, I very often refer to uh, my time here and and translate that and and just relate that to the guys uh, down in the minor leagues and and what they're going through and how they can get here, what they need to do, and and what will keep them
0: successful here for a long time. And you did have some players start the year at AA Akron who are here now.
3: Yeah, we do. So, um, you know, just walking into this clubhouse and seeing uh, Percy Gardner, you know, Adam Plutko, um, Brian Merritt, some of those guys uh, that I've had in the past, um, you know, going back a couple years with Francisco and Tyler Naquin and um, just really, really special moment uh, for me, just because not not because I think that I necessarily did anything uh, right. It's just I've seen the work. I've seen the sacrifice that these guys have made. And uh, to, be, to watch them living out their dream right here and just such a, a uh, you know, on a great team uh, in the midst of a great season and being a core part of that is,
0: uh, is really fun for me to see. Dave, congratulations on a fine season. Thanks for coming by. Really appreciate it, Rosie. That's Dave Wallace, the manager for the Eastern League champion Akron Rubber Ducks. Congratulations to them as they nailed down a title last weekend with the championship series win over Trenton. Well, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Great to have you with us as always. Next week, our final edition of the regular season, and we'll come to you from Kansas City's Kauffman Stadium where the Indians will finish the regular season with a three-game series against the Kansas City Royals. Until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians radio network. know that we're getting to that point, and I love that time of year, as long as we're in it.